0: this is a bonus rebroadcast episode of my recent appearance on the higher self podcast with Danny Morell. the overarching topics we cover are God and consciousness this was a really fun chat for me so I intuited that my sentiment might be shared by you so here it is my work in the fashion and music industries in Los Angeles how money and relationships reflect our inner state Accessing the spiritual power of the 12 steps without the need for religion or addiction. Living a God-centered life, David Hawkins and the power of letting go. Self-realization as a game on earth school. Understanding spiritual egotism and confronting spiritual perfectionism. Cultivating a practice of self-love and self-forgiveness. The shame spiral underlying addiction. The pros and cons of nicotine addiction and the fact that everything on the planet is eating everything all the time. Enjoy this conversation, and before we jump off, heads up, The End of COVID launches June 20th, 2023. Sign up at lukestory.com endofcovid. The End of COVID series is totally free for the first 21 days. And if you want to do your part to ensure that we never go through a shit show like this again, do yourself and the rest of us a favor and get educated at LukeStory.com slash end of COVID. All right, that's it. I'll see you this Tuesday. In the meantime, remember to love yourself because you're perfect just as you are.
1: Welcome to the Higher Self Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you unravel anything keeping you from a life of true abundance, joy, and happiness, which is your birthright. Each week, we'll bring in different guests specifically tailored to help you on your journey to discovering your higher self. Whether it's spirituality, business, finances, health, or relationships, there are no topics that are off limits. So get ready and enjoy this week's episode on the higher self. Welcome to this week's episode of The Higher Self if you've ever wanted to really unravel the truth of who you are and and set yourself free. You know, whatever free looks like or feels like to you, even if you don't know what that looks like or feels like yet, but but you know that there's something inside of you that that wants to be unleashed. Uh, I think this is gonna be the episode for you. I've got with me uh, Luke Storey. Luke, how are you?
0: I'm great, man, thank you.
1: I'm glad you're here, man.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I'm here too. I
1: love that I asked you, what are you passionate about? And you said, I'm passionate about helping people find the truth and setting them free. And I said, oh, well, this is gonna be a good (laughs) episode. That's what I'm passionate about too. what else is there? What else is there, absolutely.
0: All the things we chase in life, whether unknowingly or not, we believe are going to lead us to that point. So, yeah, maybe we can find shortcuts.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, what else is there? Well, there's uh, there's uh, chasing the one, there's the NFL, there's you know, Mercedes Benz, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, red bottom shoes, there's <laughs> red
0: Louis bottom Louis shoes, Louis
1: Vuitton purses. You're bringing a-
0: me back to my former <laughs> career. It's <laughs> funny, I haven't heard that in a long time. I used to live in Hollywood and, and work in the fashion industry for a long time. Yeah, I forgot about that. Tell me about that. What was that like? well well going way back uh, when i was 19 i moved to hollywood and uh, i was a musician and so i wanted to be a rock star and and do all those things that you think hollywood can bring you to get to know who i was you know ultimately um and i got deeply into drugs and you know all kinds of nefarious activities there and when i was 27 i got sober uh, actually 26 yeah 26 and um I'm 52 now, so it's been a long time. And uh, I just have- You look great, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. You look great, Uh, yeah. A lot of of good living between then and now. Uh, But anyway, long story short is um, I had a lucky break and I got hired by Aerosmith as a um, wardrobe assistant. So helping them with their tours and concerts and stuff like that. And that led to a 17 year career as a fashion stylist. So for those that don't know what that is, I would dress celebrities and musicians and stuff like this for various projects and photo shoots and videos and things like that. So, that's what it was. Um, how it was was fun and creative and it beat the hell out of being a waiter or dealing drugs, which were my former two, two career paths. Um, and so, I, I met a lot of really interesting creative people and worked with some brilliant artists, you know, photographers, musicians, directors, Uh, and people of that nature, but it it was also extremely stressful. And working within, I mean, just the hours and the expectations and things like that, Um, and essentially you're driving around, in my case, and because I was in L.A., in L.A. traffic for 12 hours a day. um, Yeah, that is,
1: is, (laughs) you know, it's funny you bring that up, and maybe we can talk about this, but dealing with L.A. traffic is, I remember when I would drive into L.A., and I thought, this was back when I was like conscious, right? I would still think, I don't know why humans
0: choose to deal with this because this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. This well I nuts. eventually moved, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a fun career. And it was it also provided me a lot of other opportunities and relationships with people that I probably would have never met. Um, but I'm relieved to be out of it and to have found my calling. You know, there's a a certain degree of superficiality and phoniness and just people playing a lot of false roles in the entertainment industry, right? Not just on camera, but behind the camera. So, to get through to real people behind their roles was difficult, but it availed me a lot of other opportunities, you know? And I, I got, you know, what I could get out of it and gave what I could give, and I'm grateful for the experience. But yeah, it seems like another lifetime. That's why I laughed so hard. You said, right about him bottom sheet. <laughs> I'm so far removed from that life. Oh, I sure. live in such a different universe now, you know? And it feels like I've had Many lives in one, and that was one of them.
1: Beautiful. And what got you into a space where, you know, you obviously started the healing process? I I could see it in your, um, and for those of you that are not aware, you know, once you start the journey of, you know, disconnecting from the system, healing, becoming more conscious, healing some of your trauma, it shows in so many ways. Like, Luke, I feel it in your energy, I feel it in your calmness, in your presence, in your groundedness. And I see it in your skin, you know. Uh, I see it in your eyes, and and and, I, and I'm saying this to all of you because so often we get used to living in the environments and the communities and the energy that we live in, and our bodies become used to stress.
0: Yeah, yeah? it's addictive.
1: It really is addictive, yeah. and the responsiveness, and the and the grind, and the push, and the struggle, and the fight. And as a result, we don't realize this, but we take that energy into our relationships. And this uh-huh. is why we have a very difficult time opening our hearts with our partners is mm-hmm. that the way you are in life is the way you are at home and the way you are at home is the way you are in life. Yeah. So if you're fighting and struggling and you know <laughs> confronting and arguing in yeah. your relationship, it's, it's a symbolism for mm-hmm. how you are in life. And then guess what? You are gonna attract the neighborhood the state, the people, the job, you know, the money that causes you the lack of freedom or the struggle that you internally feel you're worthy of.
0: Yeah, so true. There's so much subconscious programming that goes on, you know, thinking about relationships. There's a stage in, you know, the spiritual aspirants development where you start building a healthy relationship with oneself. But you mentioned the trauma, you know, for me, I was meditating and doing a lot of spiritual work going on pilgrimages to India and doing all the things for a long time and I still really struggled in relationship and it was like I remember having that experience of you know why do we keep attracting these unhealthy, dysfunctional people into my life, you know? And, and looking at them that way, you know? And then over some time, of course, doing some work, it's like, oh, I picked them, right? I looked at that when it was like, you're the one. It wasn't them. I mean, it's it's like you said that there's a, a level of consciousness, right, that you, that you carry and that you represent and you are um, in alignment and resonate with things in all areas of your life that are on that level of consciousness. But it's also interesting to me in my own experience to observe how in many areas of life, I could be very functional and healthy and living by spiritual principles and, and living a really pure, clean, um, you know, God-motivated life, yet there would be other categories of my life, like for me it was finances and relationships, that would be abnormally dysfunctional and, and not proportionate to the other areas of my life in which I was of service and you know, really spiritually committed and healing my body and and doing all of this emotional work and therapy and all that. Um so it it is really interesting that parts of your life can fall out of the integration of growth mm-hmm. unless you become aware of them. And for me, I usually become aware of things when they really hit a point of, failure you know and then i kind of go okay i gotta stop and really be honest with myself here and and take responsibility for why i'm inviting these circumstances into my my life life, you know and
1: if so so much just came up that i want to like dive into number one you said you went to india and you obviously started the journey right so i want to i want to know about that right and then number two you mentioned you know living a spiritual life and i and i um, and a God-centered life, and I'd love to know because you know us as human beings, we are programmed to believe that this thing God is like you know this thing, right? This this thing that this we, thing are, out there. we that we that well, it's interesting <laughs> that we put in this box, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And it has to fit this little paradigm, right? Yeah. Uh, and when it doesn't fit in this paradigm, and you don't believe the paradigm that I believe, mm-hmm. you're wrong, yeah, because you have to be wrong because if you're not wrong well then there's something wrong with my paradigm that i have created and when you open up that box get ready
0: well that's the difference between an egoic intellectual attachment to a belief versus an inner faith because an inner faith is expansive and inclusive and i don't you know i'm sure in the beginning i didn't i didn't look at it this way but a- as you speak about the concept of god being compartmentalized or even having any sort of identity right right it's like the way that I experience my life now and my relationship with God is that there's actually nothing but that that's all there is so this microphone me Casper you this house this city this state this country this continent on infinitum right is just all single expressions of consciousness, we could use that word too, of God expressing itself and even the things that we perceive to be evil, right? Right. because this consciousness has created a system in which there's duality so that we have a spectrum of experience so that we can choose through our free will and free will is kind of debatable, right? Because the free Mm -hmm. will was created by God itself, right? But we have the opportunity when we're born, to start somewhat fresh. I mean, leaving aside any karmic implications, right, of things that we brought from past lifetimes and experiences, but we have the experience here that seems fresh at least. And for me, it's been about systematically removing anything in my emotional body, psyche, experience, the way I think, the way I feel, that separates me from having that expansive experience of God and having a direct faithful relationship. So in my case, it's, I was lucky, I think, to have no, no experience of religion or anything like that as a kid. Oh, never. No, I mean, my family weren't atheists, but they were just maybe agnostic, just neutral. It just wasn't a topic. It wasn't something in my family history that I'm aware of. Um, so luckily, you know, for me, hitting a hitting bottom with drugs the way that I did um, I was quickly educated in the fact that I wasn't going to be able to solve my own problem, which had become evident to me <laughs> through mm-hmm. my own failed efforts. Yeah, and so I went in the route of going to treatment and the twelve steps. And what was beautiful about that, especially in my case, is that I didn't have any prior belief system or indoctrination or you know negative experiences at Catholic school or anything like that mm-hmm. to to work through. It was just like, well, the God thing seems like a, a pretty f- long shot to me. It's like, really? Yeah. God? You know, yeah, I remember yeah, going yeah. into treatment and they're like, yeah, you have to start praying. And I'm like, can you give me some medication? You know, how about that? <laughs> and it's like, no, this is based on the 12 steps and it's based on prayer and a higher power is the only thing that can save you, you know? And luckily, I was so beaten down that I actually was really humble and teachable and I was so desperate, you know? So this idea that was introduced to me was, Um, out of the 12 steps and it's a God of your understanding. So they weren't like, you have to believe in a him or an it or a her, nothing religious whatsoever. It's just there are fundamental and universal truths that exist universally for all of us on the planet. And if you learn what they are and how to apply them to your life as a way of life, to actually live by principles like honesty, um, service, humility, prayer, meditation, Taking personal inventory, making amends when you've harmed someone, you know, just basic fundamental stuff that anyone who's just kind of a moral person would have some understanding of. But yeah. I was so immoral and so hurt and so backwards and just confused. This was all novel to me. And that was my access point to coming to understand that I could have a relationship with my own personal version of a higher power. And at first it was kind of a thing over there oh I'm going to go pray and it was a special time I would set aside to pray in the morning or meditate right and then over the years as my understanding has evolved it's become um, something more what I just described that there's there's nothing that's not that so I don't I don't search for god I just try to stay aware of the things in my behavior and my thoughts that are keeping me from having the experience of that reality that's already here right Gotcha It's like the sun, it's a cloudy day in Austin right now, right? Which I can't stand when it's like (laughs) this. I love sun. Uh, That's probably why I stayed in LA traffic for 32 years. I was like, I don't want to leave that sun. But it would appear if you walk outside today that the sun's gone, right? Let's call Mm -hmm. the sun God. The sun is just as bright up there behind those clouds as it is on the brightest sunny day, right? So my job is to identify those clouds in my experience and to systematically remove them. And a lot of what I do in my life and what I share with other people is. Tools for identifying those clouds, those blocks, and removing them, and and those are things that we're kind of born with because we have instincts, right? We have an intellect, we have an ego, we have all of these, um, you know, rightful instincts that help us stay in our body and keep that body alive. But ironically, those are the things that often prevent us from having the experience of the divine. Mm. And so, that was wonderful, Luke. That we're was, in kind of a pickle yeah. here, right? Yeah. Because. We're in an animal body, but we're a spiritual being in a spiritual world that's also material. And if it's all God, then you know how do we stay in the lane of joy and and freedom and of love? And the only way to do that is to to remove the things that are preventing us from having that experience. And and I, and I didn't I, forget about your India question, by the way. I can go yeah, back to that in any. Time.
1: We will, but I because yeah. I I love all of what you said, and especially that image of the sun and the clouds, like that to me was like, oh, that's really
0: good. I borrowed that one from David Hawkins.
1: David ha- Yeah. Well, of course. Dr. David, David Hawkins, says. Yeah. By the way, yeah. you want to change your life, go pick up David yeah.
0: Hawkins. That guy's just, oh my God.
1: That, that, that is just, yeah.
0: <laughs> I used to go see him speak in Sedona and where he was located before he died. And um, for those listening, his most famous book is called Power Versus Force. Power Versus Force. Which is great, but I found that one, I mean, that was my intro to him, but his other work to me is much more Letting meaningful. Go. Yeah, uh, Letting I, Go is yeah, great. Yeah, Letting Go is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I used to go see him and still, I mean, this is, God, going back to the mid 2000s maybe and i still listen to his audiobooks and lectures all the time and every, you know i take a break right because i'm just i get inundated with it then i go back and it never fails i'm like holy
1: shit <laughs> there's something yeah. more yeah, yeah yeah it's
0: just he's one of those teachers that i've never outgrown you know there's been a lot of great teachers along the way and at, at their level of understanding, you know, to me might've been, I remember when I first heard Eckhart Tolle, it was I, just, You
1: know what's crazy? I was just thinking that Eckhart like,
0: Tolle as well. I mean, I'm like, oh yeah. my God, you're yeah. not yeah. your mind, what? Well, I, I mean, some of those concepts were just so life-changing and so powerful and they still are not to discredit him or paint myself as someone who's like evolved past Eckhart Tolle, but I don't listen to his tapes anymore, for example, because I feel like I got an understanding of that to the point that I was saturated and then I just kind of went on to something else, but David Hawkins.
1: No, David Hawkins is like. I
0: mean, he was just so tapped in and, and such a brilliant mind and also came from the world of academia, right? He was a psychiatrist for 50 years. So he really had a deep understanding of the human psyche, but also had tremendous spiritual gifts and insights, right? So it's just, it's kind of the perfect package deal of someone who can take you as far as you want to go with the intellect, but also much further with his understanding of the levels of consciousness and of, of our spiritual nature.
1: You know, as you said that, I remember. Um, I remember I was walking in the beach in, in Colombia. I had
0: uh, taken a trip. That's where my little brother lives. Where at? In uh, Medellin. In Medellin. Yeah, I yeah. mean, is he single? Or, uh no, he met someone there. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say cuz if Didn't you're like take a, him long. <laughs> if you're a
1: single guy, yeah. that's where everybody that's goes. That's why and, he went there. He yeah. wanted
0: to, he wanted to find a wife and he did. She's yeah. lovely. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, finally, this shit show is over. We made it through one of the most insane periods of human history, the past 3 years. Now, while it might be appropriate to celebrate, it's also a great time to get educated and make some sense of what we just went through. So here's an incredible initiative about which I am extremely excited. It's called The End of COVID. The End of COVID Comprehensive Video Library launches on June 20th, 2023. And it's designed for how we consume content today. Just like a podcast, it features nearly 100 hours of recorded interviews, presentations, and conversations with an extensive cast of doctors, authors, scientists, and independent researchers. Prominent voices, many of whom, by the way, have been featured guests on this podcast, including David Icke, Kelly Brogan, Amanda Vollmer, Tom Cowan, Andrew Kaufman, Christiane Northrup, and more, have been brought together to educate the public, like you and me, on everything that's happened over the past three years, and even the decades before it. Over the course of over 80 sessions, the end of COVID goes all the way back to the origins of germ theory and touches on every so-called pandemic up to the present day. And perhaps most importantly, it calls into question the entire field of virology. The wide range of topics are organized into learning modules similar to an online class, making the end of COVID a completely unique online educational experience. To sign up for Convid's series finale, so to speak, head over to lukestory.com slash endofcovid. And they are leaving no stone unturned so we can make sure this never happens again. Because after all, in order for it to happen, we have to allow it. And I would hope that after what we've been through, we won't let that happen again. So get yourself registered. Go to lukestory.com slash endofcovid to keep in the loop.
1: So um I remember walking in the beach of Columbia. it was a it was a it was a trip that changed my life. I I went by myself and I went with just a backpack. And you know this is me. This is you know Danny Morel the guy that brings all the suitcases and you know so forth and so on and I said no nah, man I'm I'm just going to pack a couple of t-shirts, a couple pair of pants and you know, my ego didn't like that because you know, what if I meet somebody? You know, what if I go to a nice <laughs> dinner? I was right. like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. But yeah. this is about me reconnecting with, you know, Latin America, and I, I had a beautiful experience. Where, where are your people from? Uh, Ecuador. Oh, okay. And Dominican Republic. Oh, cool. Which, but the the lineage of Dominican Republic actually comes from Spain,
0: oh, okay. uh, because
1: they came in and conquered, and you know, sure. that's a whole another story. Um, but anyhow, I remember two things. Number one, I remember having this, this moment where I climbed up to the top of the mountain on, on a horseback. And as I stood over there and I, and I looked over what's called El Valle del Cocora, which if you've never been, you have to go. Never it's did. the most beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, and I'm overlooking this, and I literally felt my ancestors reconnect with me. Like, I, I felt them and I do this because I felt them, the masculine at lineage on the, on on the, on the, um, on, on the, on the right and, and the feminine on the left. And I just start like crying and weeping, you know, because I was like, wow, it was like a homecoming moment for me. But the second thing that I remember is that I was in the northern part of the country. I was walking on this beach. Um, and I'm listening to David Hawkins and I'm listening to the power of letting go and I'm listening to the scale of consciousness. Yeah. And and I'm I'm hearing about enlightenment.
0: Yeah, and you're like, "I'm at 700 right now."
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but it gets it gets further. It gets further cuz I was like being honest with myself. I'm like, "Where am I right now?" Yeah. You know, and I thought I was much further than I really was now looking back. But I remember getting to where he spoke about enlightenment and being having a an ego death moment, like a scary moment. Like yeah, yeah. And, and 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 for those of you listening, it it's like you get to a space, and I'm sure you 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 understand what I'm saying. But you get to a space where you go, "Oh my God!" You mean everything that I'm afraid of, everything that I doubt, everything that I worry about, everything that holds me back can be gone someday. And and literally, you go, Grr! "That's a lot to handle," because you're so used to it. Yeah, you know, and and that's the power of David Hawkins' work. Yeah, is um, yeah. he gets you there.
0: Yeah, and also lays out a map right so that you you can sort of assess where you are without judgment too right i mean there, were, like i said there were times in my life where i was reaching higher levels of consciousness and understanding and, and just as a result happiness right yet there were areas of my life that were out of balance right and so with with work like that and, and other teachers if one cares to be honest with themselves and take some time in reflection and self-inquiry you can see like wow okay over here I'm making some progress over here, not so much, right? And then it's about just putting in some time and effort into those areas in which we're we're behind. And right now in my life, I feel really good in in all the areas. You know, I'm, I'm making good progress, and I have, you know, I have a goal. I have a standard set for myself, which is complete self-realization. Mm. And so, what keeps me interested in the game is acknowledging hopefully humbly, the progress that's been made and understanding a lot of that progress is up to grace sure. and some of it to my own efforts, right? Sure, sure. And just patting myself on the back and going, Holy shit, man, you've been through a lot. You're doing you're doing great, man. Look where you were 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. If I look where I was twenty-five years ago, <laughs> especially before I got sober, I mean, I was a fucking street urchin. I was wow so, so depraved. And so that's high contrast, but even going back two years ago, it's really, it's great. I think it's a great practice to look and go, wow, wow, how am I doing? And then if there's areas that need work, then I, I start to focus my efforts on that. You know, how can I be a better husband? How can I be more emotionally available? How can I deepen into intimacy and trust and, and healthy love? You know, those are the things over the past three years that I've been um, in a great relationship, you know, that those things have unfolded, but it took me being in the right place in order to bring in someone into my life that was also there, maybe even further in my case, and capable of going as far as we can in that sort of area of our yeah. of our growth and evolution. Yeah. You know? And so the Hawkins work to me has been so instrumental because when I take an evaluation of where I am, I do my best to do so without judgment. There's a huge difference between observation and judgment, right? I can look at your crystal over there and go, "Wow, that's a pretty big crystal," or I could look at that and go, "Why does he think he needs a big crystal?" <laughs> you see what I mean, <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you do it with anything, yeah. you know. And,
1: and I would have never thought, why would anybody think yeah. that I would think that? I that
0: that wasn't a great example. Let, let me see. No, no, no,
1: no. But this is this is perfect because it's like it's It also leads us to the point of like you never know. So, like yeah. for me, I, I just to share with you the story, and and, and all of you it's capture this moment. Like oh, it. thank you, capture this moment, right? Because you know something like a crystal could could cause judgment or could cause like whatever, right? And and honest to God, I found this. Um, I was walking in a crystal shop in Laguna Beach, not Malibu, and it struck me because I love the the vein, and I had never seen this vein before. Right? Oh, cool! And it looks like two lungs. Oh, wow. Which my mom died of lung cancer. Wow. So that looked like the little. Whoa. Right, so, and so, then it also looks, you know, like in, the, in the process the butterfly, of growing up, right? Which, which is, to me, I was a 15, 16 year old, and, I love and, my if, and if my mom too, would not too. have I mean, died I to never of lung cancer, my transformation journey you know would have never began. Wow. So to me, this is like that's powerful. It's epic. It's that's it's so just, great. But but
0: you would never know. That's that. so great. You would never know that. That's great.
1: Yeah. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm a strong believer and advocate for plant medicine and its ability to awaken and heal the mind body and soul it's a belief that is deeply rooted in my own personal experience with both ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms and many of you for years have always asked me you know Danny where do I go who can I trust and there is only one place I would ever recommend or put my name behind and that is reunion Reunion is a place where you could set yourself free from whatever is holding you back from living the life of your dreams. It's a beachfront, beautiful property that is in Costa Rica. And what I love about it is that it's not for profit and this is the only thing that they focus on is the preservation and the safe utilization of these beautiful, wonderful medicines. And I only feel comfortable putting my name behind it because I am personal friends and have journeyed with some of the members of the facilitating team. Guys, I'm honored to have aligned myself with them to create the Higher Self Scholarship Fund. It's a fund whose purpose is in helping people who don't have the means to experience these medicines and yet have the desire to. And every time one of you books a retreat with Reunion, $100 from every booking is gonna go into this fund and we will be sharing this money with people on a monthly and bi-monthly basis. So help me help others by using the code Reunion when you go to register to experience your own life
0: transformational journey. To find out more, go
1: to reunionexperience.org and
0: get ready. That's great. Yeah, so, so, you know, in the, in the process of growing up, right, which to me, I mean, I'm a 52-year-old, and I love my childlike, playful nature. I mean, I try to never be serious. If I'm serious, you know I'm drifting into ego. Mm. I mean, there's a time for reverence, right? And not everything is funny, and there's moments in which you need to have a bit more um you know restraint and whatnot but i mean just generally not taking myself or the human experience too seriously but when i look at my progress and i evaluate where i am without judgment in other words without criticizing myself say i did something that was just disingenuous or mean or something like that right which is not how i want to behave um, rather than going, oh my God, you're such a failure, what a loser, you think you're spiritual, really? That you just flipped off a guy on the freeway or whatever,
1: you know? Yeah. Which I very,
0: or, or very Or judge Danny's
1: did. crystal by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> just like. Right. but ra- ra- and, and we could do this with other people too, because as, as harshly as we judge ourselves, we're else, you know, like you said, who we are in life is who we are in our relationship, right? So if, if I'm this way over here, well, I'm that way everywhere. And I just have to accept that that's part of my inherent character, right? But let's just say I catch myself doing something that I'm not proud of, it's such a beautiful practice to just observe that with love, with unconditional love for myself and say, wow, we could do better. It's all right, let's be honest about what we did or how we're feeling or thinking about this thing, right? And know that there's, there's a higher level of elevation from which we can pre- perform. And then to me, that keeps me in the game, it keeps me fun because I was stuck so long in the shame spiral of spiritual perfectionism You know, it's like getting this pious attitude of myself. Speaking of going to India, you know, I go to India and it's like, I'm learning these advanced meditation techniques and these healing techniques and all this stuff. I start wearing the beads, you know, and I come back home. I mean, it's a beautiful experience, but looking back, it's hilarious. You know, I was just, I was doing my best, bro. Uh, Bro, I've been there. But I came back, you know, and I had a a mentor at the time and I came back and I, I don't think his behavior was really warranted, but he basically just banished me because he couldn't stand being around this, fake egoic spiritual identity that I built I basically went over there and my ego that ego really not really mine just the sitting in the background going oh we can be spiritual guy now and that's how we'll get our validation that's how we'll get our approval right so I start wearing the mala beads and doing the namaste hands and I came back and my uh, mentor at the time was like a redneck from Louisiana, biker, Vietnam vet, like he didn't play, you yeah. know, he was not a soft guy. He wasn't like Ram Dass, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. But he had deep wisdom, at least for me at that time, that I that was very helpful despite some of his many flaws. But he came back and it was really hurtful that he, he treated me like that. But in hindsight, I look back and, you know, I don't, I don't think his methods were the most loving, but he made a point, man, and his point was, dude, you have to watch ego because it will take anything that you think you are and it will identify and build a persona out of that. Yeah, And that's what happened to me when I went to India, right? So it's like having some experiences like that and seeing all of the the ingenuity of the psyche and of the persona of the ego, all of these structures that it clings to wanting to be a you, like wanting me to be a somebody, a Luke that people see in this way or that way, you know? And so again, going back to the clouds, it's like, each time I see one of those those levels of falsehood, I have an opportunity in a non-judgmental, just self-loving way to discard that and actually love the real person who's wanting to emerge. You know, the soul within the body here that doesn't doesn't need any of that accoutrement in order to derive its sense of value or worth. It's sure. just I can just sit here with you, Danny, and just hang and just be the best version of Luke and and really do my best in the moment to be in that witness observer awareness and just
1: be fucking real yeah man yeah just be authentic but but that's the hardest thing for you know what i'm
0: saying yeah but in order to be authentic i have to be aware of all the areas and all the ways in which i have previously been inauthentic right right? like i have to be able to see my phoniness come out and it's great doing podcasts and stuff because you're on camera i mean it's it's really good practice to learn how to just be authentic and present but i'm still aware there's another part of me that's like Luke, you don't need to impress anyone. You're okay just like you are. It's okay if you stutter, if you're not articulate. If you sound dumb, you get stuck. You put it. You got to put a nicotine thing in and people are wondering what you're doing and they're judging you because you use nicotine. <laughs> Whatever, right? Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even- yeah, so it's my it's my <laughs> last little addiction. Yeah. I, I really- It's en- what you're
1: holding on. I really you're enjoy it. On. Yeah, it's a
0: long, it's a fucking long story there. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, I mean, going back to that, it's a great example, right? A couple months ago, I was, I was in a medicine journey and um, I was just looking at my life and myself and how far I've come and I saw, Luke, you're still using this one thing. You're not there yet, man. Like, you, you still got this crutch. Why do you need that? You don't need that. Mm. What would it be like if you were really sober? You know, because I don't use, I mean, I, I work with plant medicines and things like that, but I don't, you know, I don't use drugs that were formerly destructive to my life and sure. that I was addicted to alcohol and heroin and all that. And I was like, Luki, what would it be like if you were really sober, if you were present present? Like you're present now, you, you're getting there, but you still like pop your nicotine in to like take it to the next level, you know? So I quit and I was insane for those two months. I had so much anxiety, I was going, I mean, it was part of my integration too. I was sure. working through some stuff, it wasn't just that, but it was a, it was a great lesson in spiritual perfectionism.
1: I, I wanna, I wanna right? touch on that. And
0: so so the, the, the end of the story was one day I just, I thought, you know what? I've given it a couple months and I know that I can do it, but I really don't feel comfortable. And the spirit of tobacco is very grounding for me. Good for you, man. And I'm just gonna accept that at this moment in my life, living in Texas, 52, married, working on having a kid, it serves, it me. Serves, you. It serves me more, you. it serves me more than, it serves me more than not being yeah more right. than there's more benefit than deficit than and to right. any addict i know i'm aware of this that could sound like a really great justification i mean i could say well i really smoking cracks really helping me get through some tough times so i'm just going to keep yeah, doing no, it Yeah,
1: no but there's there's <laughs> yeah. grace there's grace because yeah. you're you're aware
0: yeah you're aware. so that's that's one of those examples of just being mindful of that perfectionism and just allowing myself to have my process with an awareness okay yeah i do keep this thing in my pocket I, I feel like i i need it all the time right to feel really comfortable and and what's actually wrong with that maybe that's okay because it doesn't hurt me or my relationships my career my friends it, it doesn't really have any negative consequences other than what my mind tells me about it which is you should be more spiritual than this be, you shouldn't need this. you
1: and because you have it you're not or whatever yeah yeah
0: yeah I wanna, and so it's it's fun i mean it's to me danny this is what makes life interesting being on a on a spiritual path is that there's so much nuance to it you know and there's so many things that will come in and out of my experience or my awareness that are the grist for the mill that take me to a deeper level of understanding, right? So out of of being, I guess, technically addicted to nicotine, trying to quit it, realizing I'm not happy quitting it, that uncovered spiritual perfectionism for me, which is this thing like, oh, I have to do everything right all the time because I've made it this far and I wanna keep going and I want other people to see me as this or that. So it's like what a gift that nicotine is to me to be able to show me another area in which I need to grow that was kind of in the shadows. I didn't know I was like that. I thought I was pretty self-forgiving. Well, yeah. no, I'm not. I, I feel like, I well, I need to be a David Hawkins or else so I'm not real. I'm yeah. not David Hawkins, I'm Luke Story and Luke Story likes the fucking nickname right now. <laughs> and That's okay.
1: <laughs> you know, and I, and I want to be careful. I want to be careful because, you know, for some people, that maybe you know are addicted to like smoking or whatever or whatever sure. it is, and yeah, you're I'm, trying to. To
0: clarify, I'm talking about these little. Um, yeah, he he. Snooze, when we started the, the show, snooze. he he put it in his. Tooth. Actually, I'm gonna put one in right now. Yeah, let's let's show him what it is. But I, I quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, I don't know, twelve years ago or something like that. I never looked back. You know, that was that that was see because that was an addiction that had really dire consequences. Sure. I mean, it made me smelly, it hurt my lungs, all the toxins in cigarettes. So, um, you know, I'm I'm not advocating for that. But if I did decide to smoke, then, you know, I, I would have another, I hope I don't, but if I had that happen, I'd have another opportunity to go like, Luke, maybe this is what you need to do right now. And I don't know about that one, man.
1: That, that's, <laughs> I don't know about that one, because that's <laughs> well, your lungs. I, well, that's I don't like, either. I don't, yeah, e- I don't I mean, I'm not saying one. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm just saying, you if, know. Well, here's the thing with addictions. I think this is what I'm, I'm trying to get at in a very, in a long-winded sort of way. When I was addicted to to drugs and alcohol, uh, Part of the destructive nature of those addictions is the inherent shame on the backside of using, right? So maybe today I'm clean, right? I mean, back in the day, okay, today I'm just gonna drink, right? Like everyone drinks, even though I was an alcoholic and shouldn't be drinking. Let's just say, okay, I'm gonna gonna drink today. And then I drink and then I'd start to get a little loose and I'd want something more. And so I'd do some Coke. And then I start to feel ashamed because I broke a promise to myself and to my friends and my family that I wasn't going to do coke. And then that shame make me feel so badly that I had to numb that shame so I'd go smoke crack. Wow. And then I feel so ashamed because it's now 8 a.m. and everyone's going to work and the sun's up and I'm still hitting the pipe that I got to go get some heroin. see what I'm saying? And then, you know, make it to the next night, pass out. The next day, I feel so ashamed about the using I did the day before that I have to use again to heal to not to heal to mask the shame right and so this this is something i'm acutely aware of because i lived it for 15 years you know it's the shame is such a huge underpinning of addiction and it really is part of the vicious cycle but it's tricky because you can say well i don't want to be ashamed so i'm just going to do what i want and then you get into the denial right and making excuses to keep using so it, it i mean the addiction conversation is so complex but but that is a huge part of it and something that i'm very aware of so That's kind of what was going on with that nicotine battle was like, huh, I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling embarrassed because my wife is going to know if I start doing it again. And I've shared with her, I did it. You know, I'm I'm two months off. Isn't this great? She's super stoked because she wants me to be healthy and all that. Right. And so I had to work through the shame and just have a conversation with her and say, Hey, listen, I'm feeling a lot of shame here. Like I want to be perfect. And it's painful to try and be perfect if you're a human being. Because while we're still in a body, that ain't gonna happen. David Hawkins smoked cigarettes until the day he died, two packs a day. Wow. Yeah, he didn't do it on stage, but people that know know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I mean that's that just blew my one mind. of the highest spiritual teachers that I've ever been in the in the presence of in in my lifetime, you know, and or consume their content, right? and he still had a thing and must have found a way to go like, whatever, you know, there's worse, there's worse problems to have, right? I feel
1: like this is a moment for me to share something that most sure. of the audience doesn't know, but, you know, this topic of spiritual perfectionism. By the way, yeah, I did yeah. the whole, I did the beads.
0: <laughs> I did the hats. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, one the, of the, the traps clothes. along the way, you know? But yeah.
1: you're not aware of it, but yeah. you know the, what the I- The combo
0: scars on your arm. <laughs> oh, I,
1: I've, I've got it all. I've got it all. Oh, um, yeah. But what I will say is this. I will say, you know, for me, I'm coming out of a year and a half to two years of veganism where Um, nobody knows this, I haven't announced this, but you know where I didn't eat animals and I didn't eat animals uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, yes, I I do believe that at least for me, I can't say this for everybody, it did dramatically clear up my energy, my body and I will say I was receiving downloads and messages direct from source, from love, from angels, whatever you want to call it practically on a daily and nightly basis, you know? So I was so acutely aware of the spiritual world Mm -hmm. because I was living in it basically. I, I was in the 5D more than I was in the 3D, right? Here's the problem with that, that I have mentioned before. I didn't sleep for like a year. And I'm talking like I did not sleep. I'm talking if I got two full nights rest in a year that was a lot
0: that oh was my god lot. it was horrible i i don't think i would live <laughs> I
1: yeah and no 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 no. it was, it off was rough. myself
0: bro like if i don't if i don't sleep it's not good i work very hard on getting lots of good sleep
1: well wow. it, it was it was really rough and then there's a beautiful side to the story it's that i was so you know in my spiritual perfectionism that i was like no You can't eat animals because animals are another being. And how could you be spiritual if you're eating another being? And by the way, if you're a vegan, if you're eating animals, God bless you, we're all on our journey. I'm just sharing mine right now, you know? And I got to the point where I finally realized, like, there was no groundedness in my energy. Therefore, every night I'd lay there and I'd be gone, Luke. I would literally be in the spirit world. And I didn't realize what was happening to me but I was getting all these messages and it was just like healing and I'd be shaking and you know, you know <laughs> I, uh, right? I'd be releasing there, and I'd see my mother and I'd see my ancestors and all kinds of crazy things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my psychic abilities came, all that, but then, but then I wasn't able to sleep because I was out there. And finally I go, something's gotta change. And I started thinking like, I really don't wanna do this, but I think I need to eat animals again. And I felt so much shame in that, you know. It's still it's a visceral thing for me, mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm like letting the universe and God down, right? And then uh, one of my friends, which you might know, Peggy. Do you yeah, know, know, Peggy. Peggy. I, yeah, I think yeah. everybody around here knows Peggy. Sure. God bless you, Peggy. I love you. But I I asked her, and and she said something to me that made sense. She said, you know, I was the same way, and finally I realized that the animals come here, in in form, knowing that they are going to be sacrificed for our, for our benefit. And so are we. And so, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, so- le-
0: leaving us, sorry to interrupt just quickly, leaving aside modern practices of funeral homes and burial sites and all that, but if we were just hunter-gatherer people, we would also sacrifice ourselves and become food for fungi, bacteria, insects, and so on. Sure. Which is, by the way, how I'm going to go out just straight up in there in yeah there. it's called green burial oh wow and just throw me in the backyard that's it that's it dig a hole that's dope give me back to the earth
1: okay I that's love where I came that. from that's right I love that I love that why would I so, go
0: anywhere else full yeah. of formaldehyde and thousands of dollars of you know unnecessary expenses, expenses. from my family you know yeah, yeah actually just we're, make, we're making a trust right now and the attorney wanted all the, you know, they want all this information for your will, you know? And she's like, she could tell I'm on on a Zoom with her, just going, yeah, I just, I want to be put on dry ice for three days and just kept in the home. It's like in my will. And then I just want to be buried in the backyard, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. So. Which is it's just funny that that seems strange to people. No, no, I get it. You know, I'm not saying it seems strange to you, but because we've been so indoctrinated into this, it's really uh, to me, and God bless. Like you said, whatever people want to do. It's but but listen, if you
1: if you think about it, just look at it's it. It's a the, racket. Will, and not only that, but the box is blocking you from returning back. Wow, I just saw it.
0: And it's also horrific for the environment. So if people, wow. are, if people are environmentalists, all of the chemicals that go into the body go back into the soil and into the groundwater. I mean, it's just it's it's not my I, thing. I just saw God bless it. if people.
1: And are you're entering. ruining Mother Earth. Yeah, you're hurting mother earth
0: yeah so like on my way out i i don't want to be saying hey thank you earth for this life here's a bunch of formaldehyde right <laughs> yeah. right i want to say hey take this this meat suit and do with it what you will which is turn it back into soil and i'll become a tree and that tree will bear fruit and someone will eat that fruit and then someone will eat the animal that ate that fruit and then they'll die and they'll go back in it's all cyclical you know beautiful beautiful yeah.
1: Awaken Your Highest Self. We're having one in June and July. That's right. This last event was so transformational for everybody that came that we decided to have two. And I'm happy to let you know that we're having one June 1st through 3rd here in Austin, Texas, and then one in Palm Springs, California, July 27th, 28th, and 29th. Tickets are officially now on sale. Go to dannymorellcom backslash awaken to awaken your highest
0: self now. But anyway, I'm sorry to to interrupt your profound moment with veganism. <laughs> no,
1: that's okay. So um, so I started with eating eggs. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm gonna tell you,
0: it's like that's I the gateway s- drug for I, ex-vegans: bone broth and, and egg and yolks. And eggs, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And yeah. I started eating eggs, and I and I did a gut biome check, and I started to realize that like egg yolk is one of my superfoods. Oh man, And I'm me not too. kidding you, man. I was, I'm like, oh my god, I feel so good, you know. And then I had like some chicken. And I'm like, my God, I'm like sinning. But I'm like, but, but there is no sin. You know that, Danny, come on. Yeah. And, I, and I just prayed over the animals and I said, thank you. Yeah. And I started eating a little chicken and then I started uh, some fish. And then I started eating some, some, some chicken, you know, and uh, red meat. I, I, st- I, I still can't do and I don't, I don't think I will do. But, you know, but the chicken was just like, and like my muscles and my body just feel so much better, so much better. And I'm sleeping again.
0: Good for you. You know, and I'm sleeping again. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, what, the other thing is that- Do you feel more centered in your I physical I feel more body?
1: centered, more grounded, more yeah. like, I feel like more here. Like yeah. I can do more good here, basically. But the other thing was that I was following this diet where I was fasting 23 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I would break my fast with like, like 20 supplements, basically. And so in the back of my mind, I remember one time Aya was in my house and she literally told me, that's a lot of supplements, isn't it? But I was like, nah, because like, <laughs> I'm, I'm on my diet. I'm on this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and come to find out that that like six of the supplements that I had been taken were actually to keep you awake, all and right. I didn't know that. Oh, man. And I know that, but it's perfect though. It's perfect because I needed that space and time where I was able to get all the messages and and receive all that I wanted to receive, and I needed a. To go through it, it's it's perfect actually. But I it, I I I wanted to say that in case any of you ever see me at a restaurant, I'm having a piece of chicken, and you guys don't freak out. But now like the world knows, and it is what it is. And you're
0: I'm, out of the meat I'm, closet. I'm
1: I'm perfectly comfortable now. Can I
0: eating. can I um ask or just present an idea? Sure. Because I for the same reason became a vegetarian a long yeah. time ago. I mean, almost 20 years ago. For about 10 years, I did that. Yeah. As a result, all my teeth rotted, and I had all kinds of health problems. Um, So it didn't it didn't work for me. But I gave it a good shot. But it was I couldn't reconcile just the death of an animal. You know, I just thought I'm I'm spiritual now. I'm learning how to become compassionate and loving toward all sentient beings. You know, like I wasn't a Buddhist, but something like that perspective, right? Cause no harm, do no harm, just period. Yeah. Then I realized unfortunately 10 years in, I wish I would have realized as soon as you did that I was actually doing harm to myself because for whatever reason, the body that I inhabit requires certain nutrients that I wasn't able to get. But then beyond that, something you said was really interesting to me is that you don't want another living being to suffer or to die so that you can live. And in the last few years, I've come to the awareness that will likely sound insane to some people, that our flora and our, our, our plants trees plants are also alive
1: and, and you know and i would hear that debate <laughs> yeah. and i'd be like oh stop I my yeah. mind would block it
0: yeah but, but yeah i get but that. i just through my own experience know this to be true yeah and um well,
1: when you're so, up, when you're on Aya, and you're walking around, and you're shaking hands with the plants. That, you, that you'll, helps. That, you'll, that helps. you'll realize they're alive.
0: But beyond that, you know, because I've looked into this a lot and interviewed people about this topic quite in depth on my podcast, The Lifestyleist. I just got new teeth. I can't say s's very s's very well yet. <laughs> new temporary teeth. That is, and that's oh, a whole process. Anyway, it's frustrating because I talk for a living and I'm used to being able to speak a certain way. and Now I can't Do you, for a it's while. It's okay. Let it go. Um, but I've interviewed a lot of people about this, people that were vegans, people that are vegans, meat eaters, carnivores, hunters, you know, the, the spectrum of people um, and what they eat. And, and maybe more interestingly, trying to dismantle the identification that we build with what's on our plate. I think that's a really fascinating kind of examination of, of human behavior that I'm a this or I'm a that. No, I'm not, I'm not a meat eater, I'm not a carnivore, I'm not a vegan. I'm some sort of spiritual being that happens to be cruising around in a body. That's what I am. I'm not Luke, I'm not white, I'm not male, I'm not heterosexual. Like Those are all distractions from who and what I really am. So, A, there's that. But I've talked to a lot of farmers and things like that and um, gotten some factual data on the number of living creatures that are killed in order to produce a certain net calorie value with vegetables, right? So say I have an acre of land and I'm not using this like to make everyone hate being a vegan or whatever. I really don't No, 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 this is- But it's an interesting thought experiment, yeah. okay? So I have an acre of land and I wanna grow a bunch of kale to make kale salads and smoothies, right? The thousands, probably tens of thousands of insects, reptiles, amphibians, birds, gophers, moles. I mean, the number, I mean, if you take a tractor to some raw land, okay, to clear it out and make it arable soil to be able to grow vegetables, broccoli, kale, whatever, Um, The number of creatures that you kill, just the number of them, not the size of them, by far exceeds if you threw one cow out into a pasture and just let it free range the calories that you'd get by killing that one cow. And it's an interesting experiment to me, just of thought and awareness, because human beings have developed an arbitrary hierarchical system that they attribute to the value of a living being based on their perception of it, and often its size, and even more so, how closely it resembles the attributes of another human. So the thought of eating... A gorilla, for example. The thought of eating a gorilla... I could never do. is ...feels way more evil to us than, um, you know, a chicken. Or an egg, for example, yeah. So, you know, I don't know that there's an end to this thing, but it's just something that I ponder a lot, because who says that a grasshopper's life is less valuable than a goat or a cow? or an elk or a deer, right? When And when you, I think it's a healthy, I don't know, it's a healthy practice to start to zoom out and examine the valuations that we impose on practices like this, whether we do it or not. Sure. And for me, I would love to live in a world where nothing's eating anything, and everything's just left free to roam, including myself, right? Nothing's trying to eat me, because I'll be food. If I went into the wilderness of Alaska, I'm like a steak to a grizzly bear, right? And as I said, when I'm dead and gone and buried in the ground, I'm gonna be food for all kinds of different creatures. So I'd love to live in a world where nothing harmed anything at any time, but the fact is we're here on Earth, and God, creation, consciousness, whatever you wanna call it, created the world and the system we have an ecological system wherein everything is eating everything all the time as you and i sit here there are billions of bacteria in and on our body that are eating us for lunch so are they wrong for eating us <laughs> you know yeah. am i wrong for eating them you know so it's like if i don't want to eat a living thing then i can't eat kimchi cuz i'm eating a billions of bacteria in every spoonful you know so it just gets to be almost comical to me to have these debates and, the, the as I said, the identification sure. that we have. You know, the ego will detach on anything. I'm a this, I'm a that, as a distraction from who and what we really are. Yeah. And that said, I'll repeat again, I truly support anyone in doing whatever they want to do. And I also am thoroughly disgusted by by modern agriculture and factory farms and the ways in which we treat and subjugate and abuse animals. Animals, I mean, I got my dog in the car as you saw her briefly before I found out you have a big scary dog. Yeah. Dude, I I mean, I can't imagine anyone or anything harming that dog. I love that dog like it's a little baby human, right? So I I love animals. And if I was starving to death, I don't know that I could eat my dog, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> but I think that if we open up the conversation around these kind of topics and just be open-minded, like I'm not saying I'm right about anything I'm presenting here. I'm just saying, let's ask questions. Let's have an inquiry. Yeah, Let's really just be adult about it and acknowledge that. I think whatever side of the the identification with what's on our plate we are, that we can all agree that the least amount of pain and suffering that goes into the production of the food that keeps us alive is good. Yeah. Right? I, I meet so many great um, regenerative agriculture farmers, right? There's some here in Texas, for example. I've been on the farms, I've been to a bison harvest. I've
1: Adrian, Adrian uh Krenier, he he has a, a yeah, wonderful he, farm. Yeah, he Texas. has a
0: farm as well, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I've I've and I've gone hunting here, not because I want to hunt, but because I want to face the reality of what it means. <laughs> to take an animal's life and eat it. Like, I don't like hunting, but I like being honest with myself and I like facing the things that I'm afraid of. And I'm afraid of the way that I'll feel if I participate in the death of another living creature. right? And I have that meat in my in my freezer. And I'm like doing my best to eat it. Wild boar is not very tasty, I learned the hard way. But I would much prefer that we evolve as a, as a human society where we can find ways to sustain ourselves that don't harm the planet and cause the least amount of suffering possible. And a, and a really good um, regenerative agricultural setup, the way they kill those animals is much more humane than an animal in the wild would ever be killed. And the same is true of ethical hunters. Yeah. I mean, if you're a good hunter and you've been mindful about learning how to use your firearm properly before you take a shot at an animal and don't do it in a sloppy way, If you shoot a deer and you get a good kill shot on the first go, even a couple shots, that animal's gonna suffer exponentially less than it would at the hands of a pack of coyotes. (laughs) I mean, it's just, nature is harsh, right? Nature includes life, it also includes death, it includes brutality, it includes violence. Now, our higher beings are capable of evolving, I think, in a way where we can acknowledge that as a fact, and also use our consciousness, our awareness, to find ways to live and sustain our life without harming animals unnecessarily, and, or the planet unnecessarily, and each other. Yeah, and each other. Yeah. yeah. So that—that's my, you know, my rant on that whole thing. Because I've been I through all it. of these cycles, man. I got it, man. I love it. And I've also helped a lot of people that are really ill that have been on a plant-based diet for a long time, and they're like, "Man, this isn't going." Women that stop having their cycles. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Um, and I never tell anyone what to do. I really don't care what people eat. I really could give two shits. But if someone comes to me and asks for help, I'm like, at least get on some bone broth because that animal is gonna die whether you drink bone broth or not. Right. That's a byproduct of the beef industry, right? right. Um, but you know, I've seen people nurse themselves back to health. But I've also seen people like you that, and like me too, for a period there was there was great detox and cleansing that took place. I needed it, and also just a lightening, you know, just you said that airy sort of like etheric space that you get into and you get out of the density. But um, for me, it just wasn't sustainable long term. You for know, sure. I had to just kind of get grounded and accept the harsh reality that on planet Earth, everything's eating everything all the time. For sure, I love that. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, my cell number is 323. Three. <laughs> no. uh, well, I've got a I've got a really uh, fun podcast called The Lifestylist. The Lifestylist. The lifestyle. <laughs> the okay. lifestyle. I'll say it for you. My worry, S's, but... bro. Oh my God, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing that for about six years. We're, you know, some 10 million downloads in. It's, it's been really fun. I mean, it's Beautiful. just it's such a gift to be able to do that. And then my uh, website is lukestory.com, S-T-R-E-Y. And um, Instagram, at Instagram, lukestory, yeah. Beautiful, I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, it. man. Yeah, it was very deep. Yeah, fun dropping in with you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I never know which way these things are gonna go, and it's it's fun for me to just kind of observe. Like, I don't know, we're gonna talk about veganism or whatever, you know? No, we did. We thank didn't, you. We, we thank didn't,
1: you for uh, for holding that space for me to just. It was the perfect moment for beautiful me to, like, man. Good come for out you. of the closet. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I I have found over the years of just being more revelatory and just transparent in, in social media and podcasts and things like that is, man, people love it. They just want realness. Realness. You know, that's what yeah. they want. They don't care what you eat. It's like, just be honest, yeah. just be real. There's, yeah. we're growing out of the phony, contrived legacy media that guys our age grew up on. And now we have the opportunity ourselves as as consumers of content and also creators of content to actually drop in on real conversations. Like, this conversation you and I had, for me, would have been exactly the same if we were just meeting for the first time and went out to dinner as new friends.
1: Well, that, That's what happens all the you time know? is that I'm like, man, this should be a podcast. Yeah, this same here. this yeah. is good. Yeah. People need
0: to hear this. So my goal with content is always like, let's pretend the mics and cameras aren't here. I mean, let's be respectful of the audience and people's privacy. There's certain things you won't talk about, obviously, but generally speaking, saying, hey, man, I, I'm feeling a bit of guilt because I, I really felt I needed to eat animals. You're going to free so many people's minds, yeah. man, to go, hey, maybe I should look into that. I can't sleep. Right. And put two and two together and go, hey, maybe let's try this for a while and see how I feel, you know? I love that. Yeah. So thanks, thank you. For, thanks, thanks for, for inviting here, me. Thanks for being here. Yep.
1: And that's a wrap for this week's episode of The Higher Self. I hope that, not I hope, I know that it probably, uh, some points were challenging. You know, they might be rough and they might cause a little unraveling. And if that happens, just, just sit with yourself and just think and just allow whatever comes up to to come up and 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 be okay with that moment of silence with yourself um, because there will be a gift there. There definitely will. We'll see you next week uh, on another edition of the Higher Self. Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Higher Self. If you heard something in this week's episode that caused you to think maybe just maybe there was a higher potential for your life. Maybe there was a potential to earn and receive financial freedom, to attract the relationship of your dreams, or to improve your health. That's what we specialize in. We help wonderful human beings like yourself to unravel all of the limiting thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you've been living through so that you can finally tap into your life's truest potential. If you'd like to talk more about that, we invite you to join us on Instagram or Facebook and email us the word "discover." more. And when my team sees that, they will reach out to you, send you the details of how we could help you on your pathway to a life of abundance, fulfillment, and creating the absolute life of your dreams. Message us right now the words discover more now on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll see you soon.